Hi guys and welcome back to the Raven Gaming Squadcast, episode 23. Can you believe it? We've actually managed 23 episodes. We're all in shock by that. Uh, if you haven't got to know us yet, my name is Guilty Grey. Uh, I'm the best of the bunch, but I can't talk all the time. I have to have other people talking as well. Um, we tried to, to recast him with. <laughs> no, I don't. We tried to recast him with Peter Andre, but he said unfortunately his scheduling was a bit too tight. He couldn't make it. But instead, we have King Costi. You're right, guys. How you doing? I mean, <laughs> not, not to be mysterious or anything. You know? Uncanny, absolutely uncanny. Uh, <laughs> we reached out, but unfortunately, he's busy at the moment with a lot of TV work. Uh, Pablo Pascal, Pedro Pascal's a, a busy man, but. We've got the best alternative we can get in a Spaniard who doesn't know what he's doing. So we've got Gio Jose. Gio Jose, say hello. What are we doing? <laughs> Perfect. And now let's get on with the show. <laughs> and first up, we are going to be going into the news. Costi, tell us what's happening this week. Well, it's been a uh, a good week in the news. Well, uh, not necessarily a massively eventful one, but we have had some updates. We got a new trailer from Wu Kong. Um, some of our Woo! people managed to uh, get into China, Kong. get the trailer, <laughs> Thank you, bring it back. Uh, That's times. why a deity's been gone for so long. Yeah, he he's, was, in, he was... he's in prison in China for stealing <laughs> Wu Kong footage. <laughs> Sacrifice. I thought he was in prison make. for being too big. I thought you were going to go with the paedophile route there, but you didn't. No, wow. Thank God. No. <laughs> he <laughs> saved his on that one. Could have. I just don't want him to die in prison, that's all. Oh, uh, yeah. Because all of our listeners, because we know that we have a massive prison listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that grey uh, tracksuit top that I gave for Christmas will fit well right in. The tracksuit yeah. bottoms that you have to worry about. <laughs> don't worry they take away the drawstring anyway <laughs> back back to this trailer <laughs> give you slip on for days as it's well like, such a dumb tangent oh Christ <laughs> oh, we, we love you Deity um, uh, god damn so the trailer for for Wukong was to celebrate the the new Chinese New Year, the uh, Year of the Ox. Uh, yeah, boy, we, we that's to... me. That's all about me. Sorry, yeah. Paul. No, we got to see some um, some new abilities. Uh, one way kind of changes into a rock, and um, I guess completely and utterly tanks a shitload of arrows, which looks quite cool. Uh, kind of reminiscent of like a, a yokai shift in in Nio. Um, Is that what that was? Yeah, I was thinking that's because... what it possibly was. He turns into like a, it's like full of corpses and stuff, right? It looks like tombstones. Yeah, it yeah. kind of looks like um, petrified in a certain, uh, uh, a certain sense. If yeah. that means like like a hardened state. Um, Could just go and go in Final Fantasy. Yeah, we we got to see another another boss fight, which looked to be like a, a double headed rat wolf kind mm. of enemy. Uh, I, I, it looked I, I, like they had the. Um, those falling ninjas. Did that not remind you of those guys from? Do you remember Sekiro on the rooftops? Woo guy. Yes. Those guys at the beginning when they're coming in to land on the mm. the top of the building. It's kind of reminded me of those guys. There, there could be some crossover, sort of like um, 
mythology. I mean, one of the things in Sekiro is they kind of touch on the fact that um, the the dragon came from the the west, which would kind of uh, either be something, either they either say it could either be Korea or China, or China, and then obviously with Wukong being set with more within the Chinese mythology, mm-hmm. could kind of um, yeah, would kind of suit it for it to be set within the same world. Uh, at the end, we see the big bull ox come through. Looks quite cool. I'm hoping the fact they've put our trailer means we're going to see some more stuff. But either way, um, I was saying to to Gray earlier, I felt the footage looked not as clean Polish. as the vertical slice, slice we saw before. Not that the gameplay didn't look any worse or anything. It still looked really good. But then again, that could just... Um, that, that could just prove that it is being played on a, a console or something, whereas the last one was just sort of like, like we say, vertical slice. I love that uh, saying. You can polish something up really clean when it's a small thing, but if you're taking something from a larger uh, project, maybe sometimes it doesn't look as polished. Uh, what, what did you guys make of that? Uh, G.I. Jose, I'll go to you first. What was your take on this uh, monkey um, magic? It looks good. It was obviously just showcasing a lot of aspects of the game. Um, and obviously, you know, Chinese New Year and they're celebrating the, the ox coming in. Um, and it was that piece at the end that kind of caught me and it said, this was just made to celebrate Chinese New Year. Mm. Um, none of this may be in the main game. Mm. So maybe that's why it doesn't yeah. look as polished because they just, like, you know, put it together, a small <laughs> piece, you know, bits and bobs, just trying to showcase what they can not giving away the actual game mm. um yeah i didn't know he, he when you said oh he turns into a rock i'm like i don't remember seeing a boulder but then i remembered the the, the scene that he was walking through and he's taking the arrows it looks good it looks really interesting um and that that boss at the end that big fucking boss that's gonna look interesting if we have something like that yeah i think if they release it as we've just seen, I'll be ha- I'll be more than happy with that. It looks fluid. Yeah. It doesn't look like it was struggling. And no, there's a, looks, there was a oh, lot no. of stuff going on as well. It looks amazing. The only yeah. thing is, I, I I like things like this, but at the same time, it's my my hope from it. And I think I, I mentioned this to you, Costume, uh, when we were talking the other day. My hope for it was that at the end of it, it was going to be announcement of a publisher. Um, yeah, that's what at I'm least hoping. you know, maybe not like a full on. Obviously, no release schedule or nothing like that. But maybe like just a little, not even something big, just a small tag, just you know, just to say someone's picked it up. And that's what I was really hoping for. I was thinking, yeah, someone's picked this up now, and they're just kind of getting us, you know, kind of wetting our appetite a little bit with this uh, gameplay footage. But you're right; it looks more like actual gameplay. It's not as clean. It's not as kind of CGI looking. And it is mm. more like an actual game, like you're, you're playing an actual game. Obviously, a, a high-end game, but it still looks like it. And yeah, it, it looks good. I mean, the it wears a lot of its kind of um, influences quite heavily on its shoulder. You've got the, the secular influences in there, and you can see that, as even I sent to you, there's like, it looks like there's an aspect of it where he hardens when he does a parry. Mm. Um, it looks like he turns to, like, while still in the monkey form, turns a bit to stone. Uh, so that obviously is mortal shell, so it brings that out for me. 
but I, I don't mind you know if they're going to merge all these things together and make it work I don't, I don't care I think it's going to be good regardless and if they can pull off all these different form shifts and stuff and each one of them has a different utility uh, I think you'll be yeah fantastic if it ever fucking comes out those <laughs> fingers crossed uh, yeah we, we were hoping like it would end by like saying like 2022 or have a PlayStation and an Xbox logo um with, with the things we've seen before, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be great once we have um, more clarity on it. But um was good to see an update, uh, regardless whether or not what we saw ends up in uh, the main game. Uh, moving on in the news, there was talks from, was it ZeniMax, Bethesda? There's going to be a, a, a rebranding of sorts, a, a reshuffle. Um, Gray, do you want mm. to take us through that? Or? Uh, it's not really much for reshuffle, so... This came out from leaks from papers that have been... Uh, so the sale of the merger of, of Zenimax and Microsoft haven't gone ahead yet in Europe. Uh, so that's still awaiting approval. I, they're saying it will be. It should be done in the next week or so. Um, and then what Microsoft is going to do is they're going to actually merge Zenimax and Bethesda together. Because Zenimax, if you don't know, Zenimax is the parent company that runs all of the studios underneath it. So Arcane, Bethesda... Um, what's that one? Sounds like another vaccine rollout to me. <laughs> um, yeah, they run Arcane, uh, Bethesda, and Christ. What happens there? Uh, Arcane and Bethesda. That's what I know at the moment. Okay. So Zenimax is the main parent company with the studios underneath it. They obviously aren't going to need that parent company anymore because um, they don't need a publisher because Microsoft is now the publisher. So they're merging Bethesda specifically with Zenimax and it's going to be called Default. Okay, and that's obviously so a, a nod to uh, Fallout. Yeah? yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, obviously so it's ID, ID Software, Arcane Studios, uh, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, Bethesda. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. but Zenimax is the main, like, yeah, so Zenimax is the main yeah. And they're devolving yeah. that, basically, and putting Bethesda into it. They seem to have this. Um, they have this kind of trend within Microsoft that if if something's popular for a specific game type or a specific game, like a studio is popular for it, they will reform a studio around that, and its identity will be kind of ingrained of it. So you got like your um, Coalition now does Gears of War, and obviously in Gears of War you play as Coalition, and then in but you've got uh, Halo, you've got four, uh, 343, which is a, the Spartan number. I think it's um, Master Chief's number, isn't it? Uh, Spartan 343. And then now they've got um, Thingy. So you got the Vault. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see what, what comes to that. I mean, um, yeah, doing a rebranding, to be fair, as long as... Um, as long as the companies still do what they do, it's not really going to make much of a difference, is it? But it's uh, might give them a bit of uh, breathe a bit of new life into them, you know, new branding, new start. I think someone, I think someone gave Microsoft one of those guns that shoots dollar bills, and they're just <laughs> yeah. like it's just stuck on auto. Yeah, they just throw money at things, right? It's like the the, the they've. Agreed to was it seven and a half billion dollars? Well, yeah, that was that much. Was Zenimax and all the subsidiaries? Yeah, so that's crazy. That's, that's good. That's good money. 
Like, yeah, I think it was they were the the ten cent buying out Take Two rumor, uh, which was going around. That was looking at I think it was like three point five or four point five mm. billion, and they only thing that Take Two really has is Rockstar. I mean, obviously that's a big thing, but so is Bethesda's huge too. You know what I mean, <clears throat> so it's a bit weird. Nice. All right then. Um, speaking of Microsoft, there was some news about Crash Bandicoot, who um, you know always seemed to be a, a PlayStation guy, but it's turned out he's not so PlayStation. Um, what's what's going on there? They've given a release date for the Insane Trilogy. Amazing. No, they haven't. That's a lie. They've given a release date to. <laughs> they've given a release date to Crash Four is now coming to Xbox Series X. Okay. Um, I believe it's the in March 14th, so not long. Okay, well that's that's good. I mean, I got Crash is a good little uh, game to play through. Uh, anybody who's played it before, it's, uh, it's weird yeah. though because it is always been a, a same. It's about time. It's always been a Sony exclusive, so it seems a bit weird that it's now coming to uh, the Xbox consoles. I, I think it's. I don't know first. because the Insane Trilogy was out on the Xbox. I don't think it was. It was. I don't know. D- double check that actually. I, mean, I was yeah, gonna say. I mean, it's it's not crazy. You can play it on PlayStation. You can play it on Xbox, and you can play it in The Last of Us. Is it Last of Us in Uncharted? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uncharted, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It was on everything. Switch. Well, okay, on. okay. So not a massive uh, thing there, but yeah, no. Okay, not. Um... I suppose, but for a remake, you imagine that maybe re releasing on everything once it comes back out again is normal right because it's a remake of like an old trilogy of games but for the mm. latest one in the season especially considering it's made by naughty dog as well yeah who are specifically a playstation developer it seems like a bit of a boon for it to come over to series x i mean i won't pick it up though i'm not <laughs> it's not it's not a serious game though is it so it's more of a a game that everyone can play i guess but that's the thing though, rather than games like the last of us and uncharted and Spider-Man. Surely then, though, you'd be more like that's like saying that uh, Mario Party Five isn't that serious a game, but it's only on Nintendo. Yeah, I know. I'm, yeah, weird, isn't it? It's a weird one. I don't know. I don't know. You just play them for the enjoyment. The thing with games like that, though, is you got to think. Like, if you ha- if if you were into a game like Crash, you could probably play Crash through a lot of times and get enjoyment mm. out of it. Um, uh, Whereas other games that I think we put our times into are that are, are, um, have a progression element where you're leveling up uh, and that's what we enjoy. Whereas, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a different type of game, isn't it? It's like the like same with like Mario uh, collecting stars and stuff. Once you start the game again, you've got to start collecting the stars or, or whatever it is you're collecting, but your powers necessarily don't change you. Yeah, there's no... Can't I see a thieves when we started doing yeah. that? <laughs> you didn't go anywhere. You just did stuff. Yeah. That's fun times. Yeah. Mm. So right. that, um, everything on 12th of March. Yeah. 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 Good release date for every, if, if you like a bit of Crash, 12th of March. Uh, next in the news, there was uh, E3. They're pushing ahead with a, a digital event this year. They're just needing... Uh, Permission from the publishers. G.I. Jose, what do you make of this uh, 
than pushing ahead. I mean, we've spoken a lot about conferences. <laughs> mm. I feel like on this podcast, do you think um, doing a digital event is is a good idea? Yeah, I mean, they they need to do something, don't they? Um, they can't just not go ahead with it. The gaming industry is huge. Um, and for them to miss out, E3 is massive anyway. So, you know, to have an opportunity to do it, whether or not people physically go there or not, um, you know, they, they'll be stupid not to. They have to gain some sort of interest. It's such a massive market. Um, it's good. It's good that they're, you know, trying out different things. There's, at the moment, we, we, we live in a different world, you know, and people are adjusting. So it's good to see that they're adjusting, not just saying, oh, we're cancelled until next year. Um, yeah, it, it, almost like uh, Glastonbury is cancelled, isn't it, this year? Mm, yeah. That's not yeah. going ahead. But they could have they could have easily did it and live streamed it on, uh, I don't know, like a fucking well, pay-per-view or something, they if they did, really wanted to. They always did put it on BBC, didn't they? I swear they used to yeah. play live from Glastonbury like after yeah. 11 o'clock and they put... They could have just yeah, had people played, recording. Like Glastonbury is live, right? All the time when it's being, <clears throat> when it's on, right? Mm. But that, they don't lose any money from doing that because they've still sold all of the tickets for the show itself. So they can stream it live because no one's sitting there thinking, oh, Glastonbury this year, can't wait to watch it on my couch. Everyone wants to be there. So they sell all the tickets. So they're making all the money anyway, so it doesn't matter. But if this goes entirely online, They'd have to do pay per view, but then it's like, what kind of price point do you put pay per view at? And also, will people actually pay for it? Because I don't think people would. Nah, if people pay to go to Glastonbury, they don't actually pay for the music because you you buy the tickets before the lineups announced. You pay for the experience, right? You pay for the the kudos of going to Glastonbury. You know, just end up making no money if they did that way, basically. True. But then again, I think that's yeah. the difference with um with sort of like a music festival and a games I was gonna say festival, it's not necessarily a festival. It's obviously they're tr- you're trying to sell stuff at games uh, uh a game show like something like E3. This is essentially to to whet people's appetites for the future of gaming and what stuff is coming out. Um it's one so big advert, isn't it? Yeah, Basically, so I mean having a free. Yeah. Um it's always gonna be free. I, I'm this, this news doesn't surprise me. I mean, they did it last year with all of them. This is our podcast basically started around the time of Gamescom last year and kind of us debating whether the need for these things is going to be there. And I mean, obviously, we'll do an episode on E3 once it's done. But I have a feeling it's just going to be the same as last year. It'll be shit. Because last year's wasn't good. Like, it, it wasn't good. They, it might have been because it was rushed. Maybe they can think of the format a bit better now because maybe they... If they were smart, then their their marketing department and their kind of their teams behind how to get these events run would sit back and go, okay, last year was a cock up. We can't do uh, say that in twenty twenty they could be saying, well, you know, this year was a cock up. We can't. We're not going to be able to do the same again. Like we're not going to be able to do it physically again next year because this shit is still going to be going on. Let's make it better. Let's make it more like its own actual thing and kind of focus on future-proofing the digital space of conferencing. Or it could just be shit. <laughs> could you know be. I mean? 
At least they're trying, though. That's the main thing. I mean, I, I don't even, to be finished it, though, what they did last year wasn't, they didn't even try. It was, it was pointless. They might as well just yeah. not bother. But, like, if as long as they make some, it doesn't even have to be, like, dramatic changes. I think it last year was the last better. minute thing, though, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't yeah, they doubt it. Sure if it was, it was reactionary, for sure. Because I know for a fact, because obviously, even with my work, we have we have conferences and we start arranging them in January and it's in November. So, mm. literally, E3 and Gamescom and stuff, all they do is arrange shows. So, they're every, so they're probably arranging the next year just before that year because you have to. Right? There's so many moving parts, there's so many things to think of. There's venues to hire, there's you know, reaching out to all of the PR people and getting stuff done. So they've probably been organising this year's E3 since just before last year's E3. And so if they're taking into account of what happened last year uh, and they were smart about it, they'd have planned it better and it'd be more innovative. And I think that's what I want from it. I want it to be a bit more innovative. I also want games. (laughs) I just want games. E3, if you're listening, because I know they're big fans, um, just make it better, (laughs) please. Don't mind. Nice. Yeah. Good. Um, what, I, what I don't understand is one thing, right, is Jeff Keighley, who used to do E3 for a long, long time, mm-hmm. he quit last year because he didn't like the direction that they were going in, right? Which it's I think pretty, was down to the digital stuff. No, because Jeff Keighley wasn't E3. Jeff Keighley was a journalist. He yes, started he was. the Game Awards. Mm, no, he was in... Um, yeah, well, he collaborated with E3. But yeah, then but he quit. started the Game Awards like four years ago. Hmm. He started that off and it was all digital. He, and then last year he did. He started up uh, Summer Game Fest, um, which did really well. So it just shows, you know, this digital game events um, do yeah, kind of work if at, it's done properly. If you look at Gamescom from last year, E3 and the Game Awards, they were terrible. Mm. And that, that's the three big ones. And I mean, I got Game Awards are still new, but they were crap last year, like proper crap. Yeah, they, they were. Not even they just were. because, not even just the production value. It's just it was they were bloated and there wasn't a lot to them. Even the Microsoft mm-hmm. and Sony ones, when they were revealing the new consoles and stuff, they were crap. And those were only yeah. ever going to be digital events. They weren't ever going to be live events. They had the live events the year before, and the round up to the console releases, it was all digital. Because they had like Microsoft had like three, didn't they? And they had them all lined up. So, and PlayStation had the state of plays, and they were just not good because they they just weren't. I don't know. They hit the mark on a lot of things. They just it was basically just here's a video, here's a video, here's someone talking about something you don't really care about. Here's another video, here's another video. And it's like I need something a bit more entertaining, a bit more substance to it, you know. And that's what it's lacking, yeah. unfortunately. But you know, optimistically, it could be good. So let's just hold our breath and hope for the best, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so that's the news all covered. Now, we have got a bit of alternative news uh, this week, going away from our main gaming news that we normally cover. We have a bit of news on gaming adaptations in media. Uh, two specifically. Uh, the first one, which is quite a cool one, is that we have confirmation of who will be playing Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us TV show for HBO. Uh, we've got Pedro Pascal, Mando himself, playing Joel. Mando. And uh, Bella Ramsey, if anyone has watched Game of Thrones, she played the young Lady Mormont in that. 
she's going to be playing Ellie. Uh, I think it's pretty good casting. Uh, what are you guys thinking? It's a good cast. It's a big yeah. cast. Well, big, big. But it's a good cast. Yeah. I, think I like I Pedro. Goes well. Yeah. I think I, I, Pedro, I, like Pedro is, yeah. yeah. I think he's stronger as Joel than she is as Ellie. Is that fair? I can't. I can't imagine him being Joel for some reason. Really? I think looks wise. I think no, yeah, he's granted looks wise not exactly the same. But we yeah. like age wise and that he has that kind of look. Do you think she's too young? <laughs> we were on a break. Sorry. <laughs> uh, actually just what actually I want to say what one thing there. I mean the thing I think it's a good choice for him to be Joel because if you look at his role in Mandalorian, it is kind of very similar to a Joel role where he's looking after like he's playing a um, Father, I was say a maternal parental role looking after this child and I think him doing a similar thing in Last of Us um, we kind of saw the growth of his character in Mando we, I guess we'll kind of see the same thing in that in the TV show so they're definitely a good choice to have him as that character because I think people will be able to uh, associate him with a role like that very easily based upon what he's done previously here's a question for you though is there any point in a Last of Us TV show um Okay, more specifically, right? Is there any point <clears throat> in the Last of Us TV show about Ellie and Joel? Not really. So because the story's already been told. Exactly, right? And the from the meetup and after the meetup. So exactly. I mean, obviously, you can cover the span between one and two, like the stuff they might get up to. Yeah, but that's the same as if you've played the game, <clears throat> then you you know what's exactly what's going to happen. It's yeah, not exactly. Like, if, if, outcome. If, if number one was them two and they really knew each other, then they could have done this TV series as a pre-first game. Like what's how the time, they met. What's the time skip between uh, game one and game two? Seven, four? Four years? Seven years? Okay. Is it that so long? It's quite... Yeah, she's old. So do you think that's the period they'll be covering? With, when Maybe. Yeah, so. There's something there. They would have to. They would have to. Otherwise, it's just basically Retreat. a movie about the game you played. And the game is basically a movie. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, would have to be, it would have to be set before she went back to Seattle and found out the truth. Because all of that stuff yeah. is, is pretty much covered in the second yeah. game. So it seems like a bit of a weird one, doesn't it, really? So Unless it, it goes yeah. off on its own path and has its own story. But then if it does that, it's just going to take a massive amount of flack from the fans, right? Mm. I think it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation with this one. How old is the actress? Uh, I, hold on, let me have a Google. She's 17. Oh, she's wow, very, she, doesn't look, she doesn't look 17. What does she look? She's very young looking, am I crazy <laughs> thinking? That's she what is, yeah, yeah. She, looks like a, she looks like a really young girl. Like she, okay. she, I, she could easily pass for about 12. Okay, I reckon they're going to do a younger arc because I'm just thinking the way they did the second game with with Ellie's relationship and stuff. I assume it's going to be a younger Ellie they're going to go for, and maybe it's something that's either set between the period of of the first game or, yeah, I think that would be the best route for them to go with that. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, obviously we'll just have to wait and see what happens in the long run. Another piece of gaming film news, which does kind of tie into um, The Last of Us through its writer. So the Last of Us series is being written by a guy who wrote 
Chernobyl. If anyone's watched that TV show, amazing TV show, well, yeah, very well good, written. Good, great. So the guy who wrote that has written The Last of Us. You know that's going to be a pretty decently rich show. He also has written the screenplay for the Borderlands movie, which came a bit out of left field. Um, so it's been written by him. I can't remember his name. I'm blanking on that at the moment. It's been directed by Eli Roth um, of Spider-Man fame, as well as um, Hostel. <laughs> so that's an interesting <clears> one. <throat> it's got... It's just announced its latest person. So it's going to be Jack Black is going to be voicing Claptrap. Try to say that a hundred times fast. Um, Kevin Hart is going to be playing Roland in it. And Kate Blanchett is going to be playing Lilith. Um, so this would be an interesting one, I think. I think Borderlands will be... Yeah, I think it would be quite a fun film. And it's got some amazing people behind it. Come on, the guy who wrote Chernobyl, Eli Roth directing, and some pretty good actors in it. Although, I'm not sure how Kevin Hart's going to play Roland because Roland was really tall and muscly and Kevin Hart's really small. No, and I'm obviously voicing though, aren't they? It's not. Is it going to be animated? I don't think it is. It's got to be. Jack Black can't be a fucking small claptrap. Jack Black is voicing claptrap, yeah, but the rest of it is um, a Mm. live action film. I believe. Mm. I mean, it can't be based on on what you've just said, though. Why? They're not. How can you get Kevin Hart to play? Kevin Hart's um, yeah, but he's so small. Yeah, I know. That's what I was just literally what I just said. Yeah. So based on what you've just said, it can't be live action. It's got to be. Anyway, we'll see when we know more. But um, maybe green. Screen. It's an odd choice, I think. Jack Black being claptrap, brap. <laughs> Yeah, it's a choice. I think but. he's. Uh, it's. Uh, I feel like he. Um, does anybody watch his YouTube? Uh, Jablinski Games. I feel like he plays it or something. Or I can imagine him um, being a fan of it, uh, possibly. And he likes, yeah, he's, he likes games. I mean, he's in that. Um, he's in Brutal Legend. Yeah. Oh yeah. Brutal it's Legend. It's live action, Joe. It's a live action film. It's not animated. Really. Um, yeah, he's in Brutal Legends, and I mean, he likes games and stuff like that, so I'd imagine it's kind of a natural progression for him. He's a funny guy. A ca- yeah. Camera angle just be really low. <laughs> Kevin Hart, he's always standing constantly. on the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or it could be a joke. When you think of it, right, it's Borderlands. It never really takes itself entirely serious. It could be that his big reveal is that he's a big dude, he's Roland, but when it actually looks at it, he's actually quite small. Mm. It'd be quite good. I mean, that would be a pretty decent gag for a game. I mean, wouldn't it look like um, Mad Max a bit? Um, yeah, I suppose it would. But maybe a bit more neon. Just, yeah, neon, a bit more jokey, not so serious. I see them. I see them trying to level, like, leverage this into a franchise. Yeah. Definitely. Because the thing is, if you take it kind of. Borderlands doesn't have the strongest game like story, right? You're just a vault hunter and you're going after a vault. But some of the supporting characters in that are some of the best in any games. Like um, Tiny Tina is, is, is amazing. And uh, she has her own like expansion and stuff, the D and D expansion. So, and it's is a world. She the one that looks like Harley Quinn. Uh, she's the little girl with the lazy eye. That's the one. Yeah, lazy yes. eye. So, 
yeah, I mean, in that world kind of lends itself to this random storytelling of just this far-fetched stuff that happens in outer space within the world that has a trillion guns and whatnot. So I think, yeah, I think it would have worked quite well as a, as a film. And with these kind of people behind it, yeah, it could be pretty good. We could be seeing the renaissance of, like, good gaming adaptations. <laughs> Touchwood. Because we're going to try to yeah. soon. Yeah. yeah. The only one that's done well is Tomb Raider, I guess. Sonic, Resident Evil did that do alright. Uh, I had a cult following, I guess. Sonic is apparently really good. Like it's mm. actually one of the best video game films ever made. Well, that's the well going on that. It's been confirmed. There's going to be a sequel for it, isn't there? They just haven't. Of heard. course, it's made money. Yeah. There's meant to be a Mortal Kombat film coming out this year as well. Yeah, should be good. But yeah, so that's our gaming news segment. <laughs> no, gaming movie, movie news, news adaptation. That's our gaming movie move franchise uh yeah <laughs> new releases <laughs> let's move on quickly uh so new releases this week guess how many new releases we got guys seven two no. none <laughs> well, imagine none close. yeah two uh, and none one all right very close um yes we have one game releasing that i could see this week it's called king of seas it is an action rpg where you play a pirate going around trying to reclaim your place as the king of the pirates uh from the gameplay that i've seen it looks like you play as the ship itself uh and you travel around yeah so you don't (laughs) don't get off the ship you are the ship uh and and the ship is the character which you are controlling and you go around and you you face other ships and are like and you build a fleet oh okay it has like a teacup um, you become a teacup exactly i know (laughs) You uh, you level yourself up as the ship, and you get more upgrades and stuff. And your your aim is to kind of go through and just conquer the seas and beat off, beat the other ships and stuff. It looks interesting. It's coming out on the Xbox One, um, Xbox One, PS4, Switch, and PC, uh, and it's coming out on the 18th. But this is literally the only thing I could see. So slow week for releases, apparently. Nice. Yeah. Well, at least it doesn't get lost with all the other releases. Probably why they did that. <laughs> not a bad move. Not a bad move. Okay, so that leads us on to the next thing. It's the game of the week. Now, who chose the game of the week last week? I can't remember. Was it Costi or was it Joe? Yeah, um, um, I chose it, I believe, because... I think it was... Yeah. See, it Costa. seems like a game that Joe would have chosen. But I, I, I did think you're right. Previously, that I was going to choose it in the future. And then yeah. Costi decided to take it from me. Stole it from you. Oh, Fine. Thievery. The absolute thievery. thievery. The Absolutely fun. ridiculous. I chose it. I chose it as a homage to you, Joe. It's fine by me. I'm going to choose problem. the medium just so you can't fucking play it. Okay. <laughs> and we will play it. So that's an easy one for us. Um, Week off, yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> so our game of the week this week is Control. So guys... How much of it have you played? And tell me what you think. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go first because I haven't done as much as you guys. So it'd be uh, a bit, bit easier. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I played for about an, an hour and a half. Unfortunately, I didn't get to to play the full two hours. But um, saying that, I was very intrigued by it. Part of me is, I don't think I can give any spoilers away in the part I played, but part of me is like wondering whether you played an hour, I should hope not. No, part, of, yeah, part of me is wondering if it is if it if what I'm currently going through at the moment is real or not, or if it's just like some sort of 
I love the way that like you're having a conversation with somebody and there's an internal monologue going on as well, where she's talking to herself like, Oh, that's too much information to give away. No, don't say too much. Like she's looking for her, her brother. But then part of me is like, she shows up and she's the director, but she's fighting people. Is this, is this just some sort of not hallucination? I don't know. Some sort of program, uh, obviously haven't been able to, haven't dealt for, uh, further enough into the game to, to figure that out. But, uh, combating it was really cool uh i was saying it's the first shooting game i've played on the ps5 and what they've done with the the feedback on the controller i thought was very cool um mm. the walk in the footsteps the the shooting of the gun uh, i haven't experienced a game like that and saying that with a game that wasn't necessarily even designed for next gen just obviously this is something they've just added in there um with this being on the playstation plus which i can imagine they they would have had done if they were going to be adding it to their collection but yeah really good game we're definitely going to be playing more of it i'm sure i'll be talking about it next week in uh what we'll be playing i'll give you a bit more update but i'll I'll pass it over to jose because he was the one who who inspired this choice more than anything else i'd uh, heard him talk about it and uh, i I believe i'd seen him play a little bit of it so yeah mr gi to the h-o-s-e what's it gonna be (laughs) oh yeah you did the intro yeah fair enough um yeah i i'm actually enjoying it right now i think i don't know i feel like i'm like maybe three hours or so maybe into it correct me if i'm wrong dino i think Uh, i'm around that mark um anyway i've played quite a bit um and i did originally play this when it was first um released and I think there was another game that came out like a week later or a day after or something like that. Um, and I forgot to go back to it. And I was just kept on pointing off, oh, I'll go back to it, I'll go back to it, I'll go back to it. And I never did. Um, and then the DLC was announced. I was like, oh, I need to get on it. Because I really do like Remedy and all the other games that they've made. Um, I've played uh, Max Payne's, you know, the Quantum Break. Um, all of those. So this was definitely a a, 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 a game that I was going to crack on with. Um, and then they announced Ultimate Edition. So I was like, yeah, cool. I'll wait for it. Play on the Series X. Um, and I'm glad I did. It plays really well. Um, on the Series X, you've got the option for quality and performance mode. So the quality on the Series X is 4K um, at 30 frames per second, but there's no ray tracing. Oh, sorry, with ray tracing. Um, and then there's performance, which is uh, 4K again, but it does dip every now and then. It's like scaled um, at 60 frames per second with no ray tracing. With ray tracing, it looks so good. It looks really, really good. Um, but 30 frames per second is janky as fuck for me now. I'm I'm just not used to it anymore. So yeah. With a game like this, it's so quick and fast paced anyway, when you've got action going on, you're not really looking for all that, you know, ray trace reflections and all of that kind of stuff. So I've been playing 60 frames per second. It's smooth as hell. A couple of times the game's crashed on me when I when I bring up the map. Um but it's not a problem because Series X is so fast, you load back into the game really quick. 
and the game hasn't lost anything for some reason it saves before it crashes so yeah there wasn't a big problem it's only happened a couple of times um i like the controls i like the you know it's really smooth there's a lot of settings that you can dial in in the game which is quite nice control wise um so i moved up like my sensitivities and things like that that i'm kind of used to from cod and it just works really well and the traversal all the abilities that you uh, that you gain i haven't unlocked all of them um but the ones that i have unlocked are they're so good they're you know just it just changes the way you attack an area um, rather than going full blast you kind of have to think about it um, if you don't, if you don't do it right, and you're just going guns blazing. You will lose out really quick. Um, there's a lot of in-depth like abilities and upgrades. Um, somehow I missed the bit where she, where you can actually upgrade <coughs> herself, like level up and things like that. I didn't get a prompt for that for some reason, so I just. As I was logging off one night at like fucking one in the morning, I found it. It's like, oh shit, okay, let me try and go through it and get my head around it and see what can be done. There's a lot of things actually that um, I still haven't fully gotten into. Um, but I'm liking what I'm playing at the moment. I really do like it. I, like every day I'm like, oh yeah, I can't wait to get on it, smash out a bit more, see what the story's all about. I'm still confused as fuck as to what the story's about. Um, but that's fine. I was confused with the medium until fucking credits started rolling. <laughs> so, some say he's still confused now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just haven't come to terms with it. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot. The story's good so far. Gameplay is really good. I like all the abilities that you can upgrade and all the weapons <laughs> that you can do. Um, it seems like it can go a long way. I can't wait to finish it so that I can then jump onto the DLCs as well, which has got an Alan Wake DLC. Alan Wake was one of the best games I've ever played on the last on the 360. It was amazing. So um, yeah, I can't wait to see what that was all about as well. Yeah, really? it got it got a seven and an eight out of ten, which yeah, I'll put it up there eight maybe. Maybe a nine, but I haven't finished it, so I can't. I can't say that. But at the moment, I'll give it an eight out of ten. Metacritic's eighty-two percent, which seems a bit, which seems fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also depends on what version, I suppose. Is it the score of the ultimate edition, or is it the score of the base edition? Because well, ultimate edition, because if I was to play it in quality mode, you're basically playing in what you would have played in the old console, but with ray trace on there no, no, the old console had really bad frame rate drips like really really it bad. did exactly well, what i'm saying is you drop into 30 when you're playing in quality mode mm. and for some reason i just can't play games on the new consoles now on 30 frames they're just so janky on my one x i had no problems playing games on 30 you know cinematic and all that bullshit but for some reason now that i've had 60 the only other time that i ever had 60 was call of duty and every other game has always been 30. Because you just kind of get used to it. But now with the Series X and the PS5, they give you control over that. 
I'm always going to choose it's weird because fucking graphics hall but now yeah frames per second especially in a game like this it matters um but yeah that's that's my take on the ultimate edition for the series x not the base game on the old older ps4 and xbox one all right cool <clears throat> yeah i mean i have to just agree with you i suppose i mean i was okay with picking it up because it's on games pass so when costi suggested it i thought that's fine uh, I just loaded it up. Then I kind of got thinking about it and I, I kind of looked at the game itself and realized to myself that this is something I'm actually going to want to play through to fruition. So I did actually pay for it. I got the Ultimate Edition as well. Um, first thing I did was, you know, literally the first step I made into the Bureau of Control. Installed it. I walked into Bureau of the Control, Bureau of Control, and the first thing I did, I stopped everything, I paused it, and I kept changing between graphics and performance just to see the difference. Yeah, the same. Yeah. Um, and you can see the reflections on the floor instant, instantly change. And, and I think the, the transitional changes is amazing. And the graphics are beautiful um, in the the kind of the graphics mode. But the performance mode is still a really pretty game. Um, yes. It's, it's, you know, it's very good. It's interesting because it reminds me of a physics puzzle game because cause you can pick everything up and throw it. There's moments where like you'll walk into something and it will just fall apart. I think that's quite funny. Yeah. It's a bit random, but it it never took away from the kind of it's, it gives it a little bit of janky charm, you know, because this this game, like the world environment, is so breakable that you can literally just break everything. Um, yeah. Loving the story. The story is it, it's compelling because I actually didn't know what the what control was about. I knew it was about this bureau, but I didn't know anything about the, the main character, where the story is going to go, or what actually happens. So to start playing it and then you get a, a relatively trippy i don't know if any of you noticed this but the intro is pretty trippy in the way it works where you go up the stairs yep. and, and past and there's no lift you talk to rt you go down there's a lift but when you come through so when you so you walk through the corridor after you come up the lobby you go upstairs go through the corridor you meet rt you talk to him then you walk straight but when you walk straight from him you're back at the lobby again? Yeah. That and confused a lift. me to fuck. Yeah, and there's a lift there, which wasn't there previously. And that kind of stuff was pretty cool because it sm- it's a very small detail. And the game doesn't really draw attention to it. She does mention it. She does actually, I don't know if it's a prompt you get if you walk around for a bit, but she does say, I'm pretty sure that lift wasn't there before. Mm. Um, there's also... That's, that's I why I thought guys, it wasn't possibly real, um, the, that, I mean, that section. You, you see more as you go through that the, yeah. the building itself does shift. It's like a TARDIS kind of thing. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, did you guys notice a bit where when she's, you were talking about the inner monologuing costume, but then have you noticed that when you were talking to Artie and she said, oh, it's uh, nice to, nice, she says to herself, oh, it's nice to, to see a friendly face yeah. in her mind. And Artie says to her, thank you. I try to see, be as friendly as I can. Yeah. So he can hear that's, her thoughts. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It was it was it was a what's it called? Data projection of her um, her consciousness. Yeah, like she's projecting this this uh, this whole place. Because she used didn't she used to, she says oh, I know what it's like to be a janitor. She used yeah, to be a, exactly yeah. one, like years ago. And and then she's a director or something. And I'm thinking in my head, is she yeah. made herself a director in her own head in this projection? Uh, or, it's a, it's a, 
it's or crazy. is she playing the role of the guy who she found dead? And she as it well. That's the thing because if you notice that all of the pictures in the building are replaced with her. Mm. So as you go through the building, there's pictures of this guy. I didn't that. <laughs> there's pictures of him up on the walls as the director. But after you get the the special weapon, it's all her. All the pictures are then her. It's really so if cool. You, yeah, it's so many. Like it's got so many small little details and stuff, and like there's videos you can watch. I don't know if you've seen him, Joe. Have you seen these, the puppet show? On the TV? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so creepy, man. Yeah. So absolutely creepy, but it tells you later on. You find a file that tells you why that was created, and it's basically to explain the bureau to a child that's in the bureau about why it's so strange and why all this weird stuff's happening. They wanted to do it through uh, puppetry for a TV show because uh, kids love puppet, kids love <laughs> puppets on TV. But the person who made the puppets wasn't like a professional puppet maker; they were just a random person. So that's why they're shit. Um, it's got yeah, yeah. It's one of those games. It has, I think that me and Costi were going to talk about this earlier, and it's the 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 phrase we hate banding around, but we do all the time. Souls like, um, but it has has that kind of element to it because it has got a story, but it's got a wider narrative that you can find if you look around. So you pick up these pieces of intel, uh, you watch the videos, you listen to the characters, you talk to all the characters, you can do the side missions for Artie where you go and you do like the cleanups and stuff and you build more of an image of what this place is um you know obviously the story does get revealed as to why you're there later on and stuff like that so yeah i mean amazing the 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 gameplay is great the powers are good they're powerful but they're not overpowered uh and the enemies scale quite well too you've got flying enemies you can't hit with projectiles when you try and throw them so it kind of throws you off as well yeah and the gun you have one gun and you can upgrade it to four different models so you've got grip which is the normal you've got uh, pierce which is like a sniper you can charge it you've got scatter which is like a shotgun and then you've got the spin which is like a submachine gun and you can just upgrade it basically you can keep them on get mods for them and make them more powerful and stuff like that so that's how the power progression happens um but it's it's great and i know it's gonna be one of those games i will literally keep playing it now until i'm finished it I can take it off my list and move on to the next game. But until I have completed it, I don't think I'll be playing anything else for a while. Um, one thing it did remind me of, and if anyone has ever heard of this thing called the uh, SCP? 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 No. Okay. Uh, so there's a game that was released called SCP Containment Breach, and it was it's based on this thing. Um, anyone who's listening, if this stays in, if this makes the edit... Um, there's a thing online called the SCP project. And what it is, is it's a conjoined writing project, which was created by people online. Right. Uh, and it's a horror uh, story, but basically has multiple editors. So people add stories in. And what it is, is that it's a fictional um, like government agency, like secret cabal. And what they do is they go around and they gather these supernatural forces and they store them and then contain them uh so you know like for instance an urban legend along the lines of some sort of you know creepy pasta you might have read online about someone who murders people through mirrors and stuff like that they'd have that person contained within a facility and they would keep them contained so they obviously can't hurt anyone else and so the story would be that someone would write how they contained this creature how they found it tracked it 
um, its backstory and how they then contained it. So basically, everyone comes in and every SCP has a number, and then you assign a number to the SCP and you write a story about this thing and how the unit, the SCP, the foundation, goes in and then um, basically contains them and stuff. It's, it's interesting, but it reminds me of this, where you've got these objects from other worlds, these powerful things have been touched by some sort of force, and this unit, this agency is just wholly around just to store them and to find out ways in which to counteract them. And it gave me massive SCP vibes. If you can check it out and start like looking into it, if you do check on YouTube, there's videos about it and stuff like that, you'll see what I mean. And it's very much of that same vein. And it does mean that you can basically extend this game on for pretty much ever, right? You can keep adding new things in. You can keep adding new um, objects of power. Depending on how it ends, because I was actually thinking to myself, I would like a game... I'd like this game to end and you just be wandering around the facility. You don't, there's no enemies, you're just going around. And then what they could do is add in new things which your team would bring in. And then you have to deal with that. Every time it comes in, you have to deal with it. And like it could create a whole new aspect to the, the facility and then ways of dealing with it and puzzles and stuff. But yeah. Okay. So it's a, yeah, it's an interesting game. Amazing story. Uh, Remedy doing what they do best and I'm definitely going to crack this one out it's also the game I've been playing <laughs> so yeah. what, what we're playing section is going to be pretty sparse yeah. um, <laughs> so next week's game of the week is going to be a game um, called Kona which is K-O-N-A um, this one came out in 2016 initial release um, it's a action adventure puzzle game i guess um it's like an investigation game which is quite cool i when i was in lockdown i was at my in-laws and so i played games on my phone quite a lot and a lot of the games i played was like you know the way out um trying to get out of a room and stuff like like escape rooms and uh, investigation games and things like that and this one is similar to games like that so yeah it's not a long game but i think if you just do the game it's like five hours ish um, but if you do everything in depth you can stack it up to like eight or nine hours <clears throat> so yeah we'll we'll, uh, we'll give that one a go and see what it's like all right well, i've already got it downloaded or downloaded noise nice Good, cool. All right, Kona. So tune in next week to find out what Kona's going to be like. Got our impressions of that will be. Nice. I'm starting to trend in the games I'm playing lately. No HUD. Puzzles, environmental puzzles normally, and like weird, eerie stories. It was either that or Unravel 2 or Grounded. Grounded, I think I'll I'll choose Grounded next week because that's a co-op game. We can all play together. Yeah. I do want to try out No Man's Sky as well with you guys at some point. But you know what? I was going to say the same thing. I was going to yeah. go, let's do No Man's Sky and then we can review going back to it and see what's changed. Can do. I mean, I've never played it originally. No Man's Sky is on Games Pass, yeah. I'm nicking that for mine the week after then. Ha ha, ha ha. Motherfucker. Right, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Because I actually want to, because by then I should have finished my backlog of the smaller games. Control will be finished. Little Nightmares will be finished. I can start a proper playthrough of 
yeah, I can start a proper playthrough with um, No Man's Sky then, then I can just play it. Cool. All right. That brings the Game of the Week section to an end. Uh, a bit longer than normal because we're going to be moving on to what we're playing. But to be honest with you, me and Jose, we have been playing Control. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, nothing I ha- haven't played anything else but that. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's just down to you, King Costi. Save us. <laughs> uh, well, the, the irony is Joe sent a list uh, this morning to the the group that was uh, top 10 games Costi would like to play. And then <laughs> I, I misread it. It was actually top 10 Souls-like games. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, and that... Uh, and just, you know, segueing from that to uh, what I've been playing. So I played a bit more of Nio 2, obviously started the uh, second DLC, Capital of Darkness, Darkness Capital, uh, played through the first level. Uh, very good. Uh, need to complete it. Need to complete the third DLC, obviously. Um, stemming from Joe's list, there was a game on that called Salt and Sanctuary, uh, which is like a, a 2D Souls like game. Uh, I turned on my PlayStation and for some reason it was like there in the store for like six quid. And I was like, they, they've, they've been tapping my phone. Because PlayStation listens to the podcast. Thanks PlayStation for your support. We love you. Because they're huge fans. Yeah, yeah, huge fans. So I picked up Salt and Sanctuary, uh, played a little bit of that. Really cool little game, actually. Very nice. Uh, Reminds me a bit of, um, very similar to a Metroidvania game, sort of like a, a Hollow Knight, very similar to what I've seen from uh, Blasphemous as well, which is another game I want to try out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's, those are really the ones I've been playing. Um, more Souls-likes. Oh, more Souls-like. I, I'd go into Nioh a bit more, but I feel like I spoke about it last week in, in talking about with the remastered and Soul and Sanctuary. I'm pretty sure I'll touch on it a bit more um, next week. The one thing I did like is obviously, obviously it is a Souls-like. The first boss you come across, you can't beat. He he fucking yeets you in one ah. hit. Uh, are you sure? Or are you just not? Oh no, no, he does. He does like okay. no, he he just I, I walked into the boss arena, stepped forward, he hit me, I was dead. <laughs> and it did a He's more like Dragon God than he is with then the um no, uh, you, Okay, look, I haven't searched on YouTube, I'm pretty sure somebody's beaten him. I didn't. So as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, based upon my experience, he is an unbeatable boss, which is an Get good scrub. Get good scrub. Those games. <laughs> uh, it is interesting the way the combat was done in the boss, I thought, because I, I, I felt it was really cool. Um, it, it did have that Dark Souls, um, Bloodborne feel to it. And you can switch weapons. You can have like one-handed or two-handed, which is a nice touch uh, for a 2D game. Okay. Yeah, but that, that's what I've been playing. Yeah, I mean, that looks quite interesting at Salt and Sanctuary. I know you, you literally, was it you texted me the other day? It was, hey, I really want to play Salt and Sanctuary. And then I text you going, oh yeah, what's it like? And you're like, well, it's a 2D game I always play. So I was like, okay, so it's a 2D talk, so it's good times. Okay, so that leads us on to our final discussion piece of the day. Our star topic, and this week's star topic, which was suggested by our friend Jamesy Castle. Thanks for listening, James. We know you're out there. Don't be shy. Be hand up. There you go. Good boy. Um, <laughs> James. Uh, and this one is. Join us. So yeah, our, our topic of the week, our star topic of this week is dun, 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 best game within a game. So I don't want this to be. We have to put the caveat out there. It's not mini games, so it's not you know just random mini games that appear within a game, but actual games that you play within games uh i'll give an example which might be one of your guys selections but gwent 
is an example. You know, it needs to know. Oh, exactly okay. Uh, so, Costi, let's go to you first. Yeah, you know, um, and, 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 and no, this is one of those where I, th- I don't want to go, <laughs> I don't want to ramble and I don't want to take a load of choices up here. So I've got, I've got, you don't, you don't have to, you know, it is a choice. I know, I've got a choice, I've got one choice, and then I've got, I've just got a, um, I've got a, an honorable mention. I'll go with my honorable mention first because it exists within a, a very little funny ish game, if you could call it a game. I don't know if anybody ever played The Simpsons Virtual Springfield. Um, and if you went to the no. Quickie Mart, there was a, a an arcade, and you could play the arcade. And on the arcade was it? There was a game called A Poom, and it was basically Doom, <laughs> but you played as a poo, and he had a broom, and he was going around. The <laughs> it, 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 it was just it was just funny. If 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 you very, if you get a chance to look it up on YouTube, so that's my honourable mention. But the thing I'm going for would have to be the Golden Saucer in Final Fantasy VII. Because there's so many little games within that area that you can play. Um, you've got the motorbike bit, you've got the basketball bit, you've got the the fighting bit. Um, I'm forgetting other ones. I feel like there's five games in total that you can play there. But I it's, think it's, it's Chocobo just, Racing's there as well, isn't it? But Chocobo different. Racing. I mean, mm. you could put Chocobo Racing in itself as a. Um, that's more of a mini game, I think. Yeah. But yeah, Golden Saucer from Final Fantasy VII is something I wanted to go for. I'm 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 going for that because I'm assuming that, well, if nobody does choose something from the Final Fantasy franchise, then I'm pretty sure we will speak about it later on because <laughs> they do it they do it so well. Um, they do. Yeah, so that's that's my choice. Uh, the Golden Saucer in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, that's a good really shout. cool, really cool little place. That's an interesting shout as well because the it, it's you've basically thrown a loophole into my caveat with it being not being mini games because those are all mini games but you play them in an arcade (laughs) so they're actual games within the world so yeah i mean you kind of you broke the logic but it's a great choice yeah it's a great fucking choice i do think i remember being in the golden saucer for a good 20 hours of gameplay when i first played final fantasy 7 yeah, I'm sure you needed to to beat some games a certain amount of time to get a certain amount of credits to to yeah, unlock something. I think you had to unlock. That was where you un. Well, that was a massive part of unlocking the golden chocobo as well. Yeah. So I don't know if you did the golden chocobo through breeding or if you because you know you could those two routes you could get it from defeating ruby weapon yeah. and handing in the ruby rose, or you could do the breeding, breeding and funny. to to breed them they had to win a certain amount of races in the gold saucer to increase their rank and then when you bred them with another chocobo the offspring was a different color and you had to basically rinse and repeat and go through all these different color combinations and ranking combinations to come up with a golden chocobo absolutely fucking mental to get, to get the uh, the knights of the realm summon which was yes freaking hell the best summon in any game ever wow. no that's a decent choice i like that okay all right, Jose, you've had a bit of time to think now. What's yours? So, um, there's quite a few. And there's one that I quite like, actually, because it's quite up to date. Um, it's not my choice, but it's a game that you played, um, Time Splitters 2. That was playable. The first two le- um, levels of Time Splitters 2 was playable in Homefront, the revolution. Was it? It's quite weird. Yeah, that's quite a big game yeah. to have within a game that's really um, interesting but my choice 
is going to go back to my Dreamcast days when I used to play Shenmue. And you could go to the U Arcade if you ever played Shenmue. <laughs> yeah. And in that arcade, you used to spend in-game currency and you could play Space Harrier. You could play Hang On. You could play QTE title, QTE 2, and you could play darts. Um, you could play fucking loads of games within that. That's like literally games within a game. And Shenmue 2 carried that on with Pine Arc- um, Pine Game Arcade. Um, and that had loads of other fucking games in it, like Outrun, Neo Darts. Um yeah, had gambling in it. It was bad. Like <laughs> what every game needs. Yeah. I I never finished Shemu because I just got stuck playing with the other games. No one and also Shenmue. driving a forklift. <laughs> yeah, that's why no one finished Shemu. Everyone was just playing fucking racing um, forklifts around places. Yeah. That why, what and else would you do? Going to the U arcade um, and playing hang on on the motorbike. It's lovely. Interesting. Those are the days, man. Dreamcast was so underrated, and Shenmue was—I don't—I don't think it was underrated. It just wasn't well known because not a lot of people caught onto the Dreamcast. I think Shenmue um, was, a, was a gamer's game, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, the gamers know it and think of it fondly. Yeah, it's—it's but... it's got a like a small cult following. Shenmue yeah. is not. It's not a massively loved it game. Itself, but... It does take itself a bit too seriously. Oh, I loved it. I, lo- I loved every bit of it. It takes me back to when I enjoyed games quite a lot. Um, but yeah, that, that was literally the uh, one game that you can just play fork. games within a game. Yeah, all right. That's another interesting choice. Very similar to King Kossi's choice over here with the Golden Saucer. You fuckers knew arcades, eh? Um <laughs> Okay, so I suppose it's my turn. The, I'm going to go for one, which is a bit more, and I think this is kind of what sparked the conversation in James's mind. And it's definitely the first thing to come to mind when I thought of games within a game. Uh, and I think it's one that Costi thinks I'm going to choose. That's why he might have alluded to it earlier. Costi, what do you think I'm going to choose? Uh, Blitzball. No, close though. Blitzball was good. Blitzball was, but I think sports within a game... I'm not as keen on. I'm talking about Final Fantasy VIII. The card game. Triple Triad. Yeah. And that was a fucking game. That was. Like, I mean, this was before... I mean, come on now. This was PS2, right? So we're talking about... PS1. Is it PS1? PS1. Jeez. Christ. And when you think of how popular Gwent is now, Triple Triad was the shit. They, I think I they kept know. it in number nine as well. It was that it was people loved it that much. Was it triple? Tri- it wasn't triple Triad, but they did have a card game. Yeah. I don't think it was as good as triple Triad though. No, no, it, well, it didn't have like that's what I mean. The, the that one, yeah, that before before Gwent came out. Yeah. Not like not Gwent, the, the, it Tetra yeah, Master yeah. and number nine. That was it. Uh, yes, number nine was Tetra Master. Yeah, it wasn't as good. It's still good, but not as good. Triple Triad was, I don't know if you ever played it, Jose. Oh, absolutely legendary. It, you Even getting some of the cards was near impossible. You had to beat the bosses for them. The way, oh, I, I wasted so many hours, again, playing that game. 
Because you have to consider now, Final Fantasy 7 and 8 and 9. Well, not, 9, not as much. 7 and 8, I think, if you added them both together, my overall playtime for both of those games was about 300 hours. So nice. I love those games. I did everything. Would, would you find the game cards within Final Fantasy 8 as well? What do you mean? play with? Yeah, like, so you... you you had no cards. You said basically, like as you went around doing things, you were given a deck at the beginning with like kind of standard stuff. And as you went through the game, you could buy some, buy them. You could win them in if you played triple tried. You could win other people's cards. You mm. could get an ability which yeah, you could get cards of monsters you fought. And then there was like boss cards and stuff that you could only get from beating certain bosses. Um, and then yeah, it was it was good. Like so, it had this whole economy to it as well. So you used to have to. If you wanted a card, you had to find the person who had that card. You had to beat them to gain their card. But I yeah. think even then, I think when you picked the card, it was random, wasn't it? It was they were all. Mm. I don't think you could. You guaranteed like you had the deck. You had to kind of go through the deck and pick a card, and you took it. Um, but yeah, it was a oh, fantastic game, absolutely fantastic. And obviously, you know, it, it, like I said, it's a progenitor of all these card games which have kind of appeared in games nowadays. So you've got things like Gwent and even like Hearthstone. Which is I a, think something from World of Warcraft. I think when they do, like you know, this triple triad and Gwent, that's a lot going on to put within a game that you're already making. Compared to like you know these little mini arcade games or whatever it is. Yeah, because they're persistent. Like to put in a card game, there's you need to have rules, uh-huh. everything, the lot, and it takes. A hell of a lot to put in games like that. So to have something like that within the PS1 era is mad. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that game was across four discs. Yeah, I was gonna but... say that. <laughs> yeah that's true. Uh, that but, yeah, pre, pre Blu rays. I mean, that was pre a lot of things. <laughs> pre DVDs? Well, they weren't on DVDs, weren't they? They were on like their own. Yeah, they were compact discs. I don't even know, man. <laughs> I think it was CD-ROM, yeah. I think it was before yeah. they went on the DVDs. Mad. DVD format was PS2, wasn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, um, it's, yeah it was quite a... I think that's where... It was It was very nuanced. It was very... Because um, that was kind of what made me fall in love with JRPGs, you know. It was, like you said, you, know, you had these big worlds, but within them you had these persistent things which made the world still live in, lived in. And it's even better when you can look at the games yourself and pick things from each game which are persistent throughout their worlds you know chocobo racing with seven uh triple triad and nine is eight nine had the tetra master ten had blitzball um they all have something uh that make you want to kind of make the world feel like it's lived in and make that something that people enjoy doing in that world and i think that's wicked like and then you've got gwent in the witcher which again is is massive when you think of this thing that's so small and doesn't need to be there but just by adding it you've given the world a massive amount of character so yeah um and that's where this came from so was, i remember me and james talking about it because he was recently he recently played through uh, a lot of the old final fantasies again on his switch and that's why you know he played triple triad and i've seen it actually in a few articles and stuff recently about it as well and it is uh, something i just fell in love with I remember getting my Diablo card in it and just thinking it was the best thing ever. Oh, 
I miss those days. <laughs> I know, right? It's fucking crazy. I've got some. I've got some quick ones just to throw in there. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, yeah, Crash Bandicoot in Uncharted Four. You could play that. And when they're sitting down, I think on the sofa, in Black Ops One on the menu, if you if you like wriggled out of your seat, you could go to the computer and play Zork. Yes. Um, and another. Yeah, they, and then another little top-down shooter called Dead Ops. Yeah. Dead Ops, yeah. Which they, yeah. Which they did. Tech and um, loading screen had, um, was it oh. Met- Asteroids? Asteroids? Yeah, Asteroid, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Wolfenstein reboot had the original Wolfenstein 3D yeah, yeah, that you yeah, could you could play in there. That was a weird um, one. We were going around the old graphics with the new graphics done. Was really yeah, cool. I think that's probably, that's probably why they did it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's. I quite like it when developers do that. You know, you can I, do it I, the um, latest Call of Duty as well. It's set in the eighties, and if there's a, a bit where you go into an arcade and you can just start playing old Activision games. Oh, nice! Nice. Mm. It's good. I think you back then you could get away with it, but now, if they were to put a game within a game, but the main game is broken. Then they'd just be like, listen, why didn't you spend your time elsewhere? Like, imagine if Cyberpunk, you could, I don't know if you can, maybe you can play a game within that game. No. Then it would just, imagine if they did that. It would be like, what What the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you wasting your time on this? But, but then they years ago, we Gwent, loved it. They Gwent in The Witcher when that was released, it was a shit show. Mm. I'd like to see more games do stuff like that maybe not i think the callback is a bit of narcissistic masturbation if you've got like um arcades where you can play the game that that developer had made previously or like you know mm. old games and stuff yeah that's cool but they're not like technically not that uh like it's not that amazing but like, it's different with like time splitters that's massive but they're these small like arcade games but if you put like yeah. a persistent game that lives within the world and has a kind of um, a setting within the world and a place within the world I think I prefer that I think that to me is a bit more it's more world building you know yeah I mean you can yeah. you can fucking play Gwent on your mobile phone now yeah well it was a standalone game wasn't it they made so yeah yeah so yeah so I suppose that would be I don't know I'm trying to think of another kind of version another thing that was like that I'm trying to think of one I'm sure I had one but I can't remember what it was now uh, as I said before, Blitzball was a really good uh, little game. Yeah, Blitzball uh, was decent. There was another one. Uh, I can't remember. But yeah, so what, that was, what was uh, the game that they were they were playing in The Last of Us Two? You couldn't play it, but the woman you ended up killing, she had headphones on, and she was playing a game. Uh, oh, Hotline Miami. That's the one. <laughs> We've never played that. That's game sick. Yeah, that is a yeah. brilliant game. Yeah, that is a good game. If that's on Game Pass, I might. It's not. <laughs> I don't care. Um, okay, so that do it then. Yeah, that's everything. Okay, and so yeah, so that's our take on games within games, guys. Obviously, if you have um, any other things we may have missed, head on over to our socials. That's my. It would be great for you to jump onto Twitter and. Just tweet us. Let us know what your favorite game within a game is, whether it's a uh, an arcade game or a game made by the developer or a persistent game, which exists in the world, like Gwent or Triad. 
just the kind of jog our memories because you know we're not infallible we'd love to hear your choices so yeah let us know okay guys thanks very much for listening this week join us next week for episode 24 we'll be bringing you more news the new newest releases and some more topics that might pop up throughout the week and of course we'll be going through our game of the week as chosen by Gio Jose this week Kona and as always guys if you want to let us know what you think head on over to our socials at Twitter Facebook or Instagram leave us a comment follow subscribe whatever you want to do let us know what you think your feedback's always welcome we want to grow the community we want to grow the fam so head on over there let us know what you think and of course if you want to see any videos from us we have a YouTube channel too that's also Raven Gaming UK. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening, guys. It's goodbye from G.I. G. Jose. See you later. Goodbye from King Costi. Goodbye. We, we, we would love your feedback. We'd also like your baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. And on that mental breakdown, my name is Guilty Dre. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> He's going to be going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, James. We love you. <laughs>